This is the Common Calling Podcast, the show that explores the intersection of faith and the ordinary. On today's episode, Cameron, Parker, and myself finish up our four-part series on the church by talking about what's important when it comes to the local church. If you enjoy this conversation, we would love it if you could take a moment and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. And if you really liked it, go ahead and pass it along to someone so that more people can engage in thoughtful conversations surrounding faith and everyday life. Well, thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of the Common Calling Podcast, and we hope that you enjoy this week's conversation. Welcome back, everybody, <laughs> to another episode. <laughs> uh, we're, we're here with our, with our usual lineup. I'm David Carter here with Parker Outman. Hey, and Cameron Bass. Hey there. And uh, so, yeah, we're we're just we're just having fun tonight. Uh, it's it's been a long day for me. I don't know about you guys, but you know, as long as the the sun's still shining, I know we're gonna make it. Amen. Um, yeah, it's it's not. <laughs> it, it's nine o'clock at night right now, so the sun <laughs> is very much not up. But it was up earlier, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But <laughs> On the podcast now these past couple of weeks, uh, we've been talking a lot about the church. Uh, so we've talked a little bit about sort of like uh, trying to creatively imagine the future of the church, what things might look like 30, 40 years from now, and how how certain movements of the church might, might change. Uh, and we've talked about sort of what it means to be the church in the middle of a crisis. We've talked about sort of the importance of viewing churches as as more than just your single local congregation. So we've been talking a lot about churches lately. And so we thought today, you know, why, uh, what's the saying? If you don't, if it's, <laughs> if you don't. If you try your best, but don't succeed. If you don't, if you don't break it, don't fix it. <laughs> if it's not broke, don't fix it. Come on. Man. There it is. There it is. You break it, right, you buy right. it. Ask the Southern boy. <laughs> but we, we figure, let's just keep it going. Let's keep talking about the church. Um, but specifically this week, we were thinking, you know, we're talking a lot about the sort of universal church, and that's a good thing to be talking about. But at the same time, a typical Christian experience, we got to have our own local churches too. Mm-hmm. And so we thought maybe we would spend today's uh, conversations uh, surrounding ma- like topics of, of that. And so... Um, I think Parker had a, a couple of fun stories just to sort of get us get us started into this this conversation. So let's let's turn it over to Parker. You know, when we are looking for a church in the age that we live in, one of the first things you're going to look at is its website. And so I wanted to talk about as someone who's recently gone church shopping as of this past summer, the blatant false advertising. <laughs> in some church websites. And I'm not going to say any names. And here's the thing I want to make clear at first. If you go to a small church, I love small churches. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not criticizing Mm -hmm. a small church scene. I'm not, I know websites are a tough thing to fit in the budget. I get it. Mm -hmm. But just, just be honest of what you are. That's all, that's all I'm asking. (laughs) Because my wife and I went church shop we found a church that looked really cool it had this just rocking website had all these pictures of like this full band playing like very like high production and cool building it had been there as an old umc it had been there for like 
200 years. And we were like, this sounds like a really cool spot. So we get there on a Sunday morning and it was literally nine people and a, and a dude on a keyboard. <laughs> singing, ju- just a keyboard. <laughs> and he just was like, like an electric keyboard. And he sang a couple modern worship songs pretty poorly with the keyboard and kind of like messed up a few times on the keyboard. And you know, when it's the only thing playing, it's pretty blatant. Um, and look again, <laughs> it's totally fine. If that's your worship experience, I'm not critiquing it, but it's just mm-hmm. such a shock to show up whenever you saw all these fog machine pictures and stuff with this cool <laughs> electric guitar on the website. And it's this like, <laughs> 50 year old guy trying his best on a keyboard and all props to him. Yeah. He was trying his best, but like, it's just like, man. And, um, mm-hmm. so just if, if you're, if you're a pastor out there and your website has some blatant false advertising, it's not helping you. It might get people yeah. to come, but it's not going to get people to stay. <laughs> yeah. Especially like you're a church, man. The one thing you should be is honest, right? Right. That's uh, that's that's one of the, as my mom would say, that's one of the big ten, mm. is uh, don't lie. <laughs> Cameron, you have any experience with that? When people are looking for a church, the first thing they look at, like you said, Parker, is the website. And if they're not seeing much information on there, that would, not that you should lie to people, but like if there's not information on there that's useful, I mean, people won't really come. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is true. Yeah, and I think we can debate, you know, whether that should be the case, that the first impression is a website. Um, And I I mean, I would hope that it's not. I would hope that there'd be some organic draw of our congregations, but it's just a reality of our time. If, regardless of churches, if I'm going to pick a restaurant for my wife and I to go out on a date, I look at the website ahead of time. Even Mm -hmm. if they don't have a website, I find their Facebook page. And mm-hmm. right. like these are just things that we do now with that are mm-hmm. second hand just to our experience. And so yeah. it's it's a unfortunate reality, but it's mm-hmm. part of our reality as the church now that like mm-hmm. we kind of have to present ourselves online as well as organically. And so the best thing I think you can be is honest in that, right. just like David <laughs> said, because I, I mean, the church that Emily and I visited could have been full of great people. I honestly believe that they were, but like, it was so different than what we mentally prepared for that we had no interest in going back, even though it wasn't it wasn't bad, but it we just felt a little like lied to. So we were like, I don't want to go there, you know? Yeah. Um, if they would have said, "Hey, we're a small congregation and we're trying to do this thing," like. Maybe we would have stuck around. I don't know. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. <clears throat> that reminded me too. Uh, just sort of uh, the idea of making first impressions online. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this. This isn't necessarily the conversation we were going with, but um, so like on average, I, I think Google did a study where they measured how long it takes for someone to formulate an opinion about something they see online, and it's like it's like point seventeen seconds. Mm-hmm. within 0.17 seconds of clicking on their website, they're going to make a decision as to whether or not like this is someplace that they want to be. Um, but like 35 years ago for churches, the way you made first impressions was going around the neighborhood, knocking on doors. 
But if you do that now, you're not going to get anybody to come to your church. You're just going to make right. a bunch of people mad. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. so, so like first impressions are online and it is important to have a good church website. Uh, but maybe you're filtering through what's a good church to sort of visit. And, you know, maybe you're looking at websites and everything. The question that we want to talk about today is how do you go about choosing one of these local churches to pick as your as your church home? You know, maybe mm-hmm. you've you, you've done the whole website thing and, and you, uh, you've already had sort of the first impression that way and you, maybe you visit on a Sunday and now you're thinking, okay, how do I, what am I supposed to be looking for here? <laughs> what's, what's important in all of that? And so that's really what we, what we want to talk about. And that's, that's some of the things that we'll, we're going to be talking about here in just a little bit, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a short break and then we'll, we'll be back and we'll dive right into that conversation. So we're talking today about the idea of choosing a local church and how do you know which one to, to sort of make your church home. And so uh, real quick, I do want to just clarify, while we are framing this as a conversation about in the sense of how do you go about choosing a local church, uh, I think that like even more broadly, this conversation is really about just what's important uh, when you're thinking about the local church. Mm-hmm. And so I think that like even the people who are already going to a local church that they really enjoy, they already have a, a church home that they regularly attend. I think even those people might uh, be able to find some benefit from this conversation as well. Um, and so just to kind of open things up, open this conversation up, I just want to throw this question out t- to you guys first, because, you know, I think obviously the three of us were talking about this we kind of already assume that it's important for a Christian to be involved with a local church. Um, but probably not everyone listening holds that same opinion. And so uh, just to open the conversation, I want to ask you guys, why do you think it's important for a Christian to be a part of a local congregation? That's that's a great question. Um, one of the things that I say a lot in reference to the importance of gathering as a church is found in Scripture, um, particularly in the book of Colossians. And so um, I'm laughing to myself because, uh, you know, some people know that I say this way too often, but um, it says that we should let the word of Christ dwell within us richly um, with all wisdom as we teach and admonish one another through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, giving thanks to God in our heart. And I use that um, to kind of back the idea of corporate worship. But I think that the whole Sunday gathering is in and of itself that even though, um, you know, worship is beyond just singing that particular passage is talking about singing though. But I think that the the heart behind it is, is there for any element of the corporate gathering is that it's really important to gather with believers for the purpose of encouraging one another, of reminding them what God has done, of being alongside of them in life and caring for them. Um, and also like speaking truth into their life if there are, are issues and like, a lot of the church is centered around this community that cares for one another and lives life with one another and encourages one another to be more like Jesus. And it's vital to our ministry as Christians, to our personal discipleship, that that we have other believers in our lives who are walking alongside of us. Anything you want to add, Parker? 
Yeah, I think one of the most important things, just picking up where Cameron left off, because I think he said it great. You know, I really appreciate the scripture you shared. Um, But it's just the thing that it comes down to for me is community. Mm -hmm. That's just the most important reason that we gather. Um, And, you know, as someone who loves theology, like I can, I could talk about the sacraments. I could talk about everything like that. And those are beautiful and important things. But especially just for someone who may not be interested in a local congregation, um, I totally get that. But the thing that's so important is community. Mm-hmm. Um, our life is so much more than like a one-way relationship between me and God. And I need like my fellow believers to, like Cameron said, like remind me what the Lord has done, to mm-hmm. admonish me whenever I'm doing something wrong, and to embrace me lo- with the love of Christ whenever my life takes a turn that I can't handle on my own. Mm-hmm. Um and so many other things, just even have joy and to laugh with one another. And there's so many things, especially in a time like this, where we're kind of cooped up in a quarantine situation, most of us. Um, it's so important to remember the vitality of Christian community to the believer. Mm-hmm. And so um, if you don't have that, that's so important to have. But I mean, I'm speaking from someone who's currently like in a house church model, like, it doesn't have to look like what you may think your concept of church is. And yet it's great if it that works for you. I honestly love that for you. But I, I would just, again, encourage people to, if you're looking for a Christian community, you don't have to, you can think outside the box a little bit and find things that maybe you weren't previously comfortable with. Let me, uh, uh, let me play a little bit of devil's advocate here. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sure. Um, because, you know, Parker, you're talking about community and that's, that's all good and great and everything, you know? Mm-hmm. But what about the person who's saying, yeah, but I, I don't need the church, right? I, I go out with my, my Christian buddies and get ice cream every week or, or, or me and a couple other Christian guys go on the golf course uh, on Sunday mornings instead and, you know, play golf together. What's the difference between a church and just a group like that? Because I think there's a difference, unless unless you disagree, then that makes this more fun. <laughs> no, I think there, I think there is a, yeah, I think there is a difference, and yet at the same time, I think those moments are vitally important to the Christian experience. Um, having a group of Christian friends that you can live life together with. And experience like, you know, if, if you're into golf, which I am not, like experience those moments. Uh, Count me in on the ice cream. Joy um, with people. Uh, but there is a <laughs> but there is a difference between like a gathering um, for a church type event um, mm-hmm. and those regular gatherings. And I think that that comes with like even what. Cameron was saying in that verse of like the way that we reflect on what the Lord has done and is doing, um, that you can't just do in any time and place, but you set aside a specific time to embrace those things. Mm-hmm. But what I think what I meant was just that it doesn't have to necessarily come with the institutional labels of like a uh, traditional church service. 
Um, mm -hmm. Not that it can just happen in any time and place, mm -hmm. but there is something mm -hmm. I think remarkable about consecrated time, even if it's not what you may have grown up with as a church model, um, but setting aside mm -hmm. specific time to remember and embrace what the Lord has done and is doing. And we can embrace, you know, the, the ability to be accountable to one another and the ability to experience community and remember what the Lord has done and is doing. And I personally also love the idea of participating in the sacraments as something that sets apart that time in particular, even though it's more than that, but as even just markers of distinguishing this from another time. Mm -hmm. So Parker mentioned markers of, of the church there at the end there. And I, I think, so in this book, Classical Christian Doctrine by Ronald E. Heine, uh, that's his name, Cameron, don't laugh. <laughs> it's very uh, unfortunate. He, yeah, he no, he mentions just four kind of marks of the church, and I, I just think they're kind of helpful to go through uh, if we're if we're talking about sort of what mm -hmm. what the church is. And so, just real quick, he he says first it's a uh, first mark he thinks is faith in Jesus Christ. That's sort of essential part of the church. He says presence of the Holy Spirit, and uh, that's one of those things. that's like okay, how do how do you know that? And personally, I think the uh, we should be looking for like the signs that we see in like Acts chapter two, you know, especially 42 through 47, these signs of, of community, like Parker is getting at fellowship, breaking bread together, um, being generous with everything that we have, sharing meals, things like that. Uh, so presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Number three, he says a, a sense of the members being set apart for a particular lifestyle slash discipline. And I think this is, this is the idea of when we when we think of like um, the church as it's referred to in like the Nicene Creed, you know, uh, one holy mm -hmm. uh, apostolic and Catholic church. Mm -hmm. uh, holy, there is this idea of the church is is set apart by God. It's commissioned by God for a specific mm -hmm. purpose um, to be filled out within the gathered body. And then uh, this last one he says is optional. Um, well. He doesn't quite say it's optional, but he says it's not as essential as the other three because, um, but I would, I would say it's a mark and that would be the sacraments to the administrative administration of baptism mm -hmm. in the Lord's supper. But of course there are some solid Christian groups that don't practice that. So uh, I am mindful of mm -hmm. that, but I, I think those are important when we're talking about sort of defining what a church is compared to just just sort of like mm -hmm. a gathering, like maybe we're having, you know, just three guys having fun and yeah, you know, right. talking about Jesus. So. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I love about those markers that you shared is that they're so mm -hmm. broad and yet they do create restriction. Um, cause it's one of those things it's, you know, if, if everything's the church, then nothing's the church. Ah, uh, yes. I love, uh, syndrome's quote from the Incredibles. Yes. If, um, if I think that we have to have some boundaries, mm -hmm. um, but like we don't have to set those too tight. And so I, I really love the, those boundaries that you did share mm -hmm. because they're so broad that you can encompass so many different things mm -hmm. as the church and yet not everything. Yeah. Is. Which I mean, even, 
yeah, even the three of us are kind of evidence of how broad the church is because each, the three of us each are really in churches that are vastly different from each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I'm, I'm in a very small, uh, somewhat traditional church and Parker, you're in a house church and Cameron, you're in a, a mid-sized mm-hmm. church that's, you know, has multiple services now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we each sort of embody very different styles of what it means to be the church. And, and yeah, it is, it is a broad definition, but I, I think it's, I think it's important that like, those are the things that personally, I think we should be focusing on when we're thinking about what's important within yeah. the church. I really don't care whether you have an organ or you have an electric guitar, you know, or maybe you're just mm-hmm. doing it acapella, no instruments at all. There are, there are uh, churches that do just that. I don't really think that's, all that important in defining what makes a good church. Yeah. But definitely mm-hmm. these marks of, well, I'll just let you guys say, what, what do you think is, is important then? Uh, thinking about like choosing the church, uh, thinking more pragmatically, practically. Someone's going to a church, maybe for the first time, what are the things that you think or that you would be looking for as sort of important markers that this might be the church that you make your church home? This is this is an interesting conversation because on the surface level, I think it's something that people often think is kind of like, well, it just depends on the preference of the person. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you like a traditional singing with an organ, then go to that church. Or if you like, you know, a modern styled band, then go to that church. But it, but I, I think you're, you know, hitting it on the nose, David, that at the, at the heart of it, that doesn't really matter. Um, you know, we can have preferences in these things, but there's certain core things that exist that should be evident. And, you know, one that I would say is um, kind of what we've all been saying is the idea of community. And, um, you know, this isn't necessarily a jab at megachurches, but I think that it exists more within a megachurch model is can you walk in the doors as a visitor and leave without anyone really interacting with you um, to where you don't actually feel like you're a part of the community there? Um, again, I think that that can happen a bit more at a mega church because there's so many people that you can be missed. Um, and so that's not to say that a small church is better mm-hmm. necessarily because I think a large church can can care for people well. But I think the idea of like, how do they care for people? How do they have a sense of community? How how does that exist? Can you walk in and feel like you're, not to sound cheesy, but like feel like you're home, like that you're with people that love you and care for you and like act as if they've known you their whole lives and you just, you feel welcomed into something mm-hmm. that's bigger than you. Um, I mean, that's like the first the first thing that you can even pick up on when you walk in the doors is like, I mean, that's, that's evident right there. And honestly, like if a church that you entered doesn't feel that way, you know, maybe it isn't bad to look for another church to where you can feel a sense of community and a sense of people care for me. I, I belong here. I'm a part of a family that is striving to, to serve more than ourselves. And um, I, th- I think that that's a vital element to, to finding a church. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah. I mean, I, I really love what you said there. And I think just to add some flavor to it of like my own taste, like 
I think what what you're talking about is evidence of the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah. Um, whenever you can enter a place and feel the presence of people of the same spirit, mm-hmm. um, that is a tremendous feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that I would just encourage people that like as they're looking for a congregation to be attentive to what the Holy Spirit that indwells you is saying about the people around you, but also to be attentive to like your own thoughts and things about like you you may think like, oh, well, they didn't do that thing that like the old church right. I did liked. Right. But but I really feel at home here, but I just, I don't know, because I don't like the way that they did this. And mm-hmm. lean into the different, um, because God is open to teaching you new things in this new season mm-hmm. of finding a new church. And be, you know, as, as weird as it may sound, oxymoronic, like be comfortable with the different things that the Lord might be trying to show you in a different mm-hmm. congregation. Um, if you can find evidence of the Holy Spirit there. And I think one of the best ways to to feel that out is in the community. But you can also look for things like the way that they serve the community that you live in, whether it be in, you know, small count, small town Kentucky like me or Cincinnati or, you know, Indiana, like or wherever you are. Um, if, if you're not serving your local communities, people who aren't in your congregation, um, then you may have some resistance or something that's closed off to what the spirit wants to do for your community. Yeah. And I think, um, I would also add on to the other side of that as well, um, would be opportunities for you to serve, uh, within Mm. the church, you know, how, how can, are there areas where, where you can, you know, uh, lend the, the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given to you, uh, towards helping this congregation and this body of Christ. And, that's specifically being from the small church mindset. Man, if you come into a church like mine and uh, we don't have something that you you wish our church had, I'm more than happy to help you like get it started. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Because that's you know, and I'm I know I'm not the only small church pastor who would say that. Like, there's small churches all over the place are looking for stuff like that. Um, and so you know, part of this idea of service is the welcoming of uh, not only service within the community, but also the welcoming of like, is this a place where I can exercise the gifts that God has given to me uh, within this family of believers? Mm-hmm. And can can I steward uh, these gifts that God's given me um, with, you know, I don't know, in, in a way that will help them grow and multiply in the way that they, they're intended. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I would, Definitely be paying attention to to all of those things. And, you know, if you've been in a local church for a while, <laughs> you know, and uh, maybe maybe you're there because you really like uh, the music on Sunday mornings or you, or you really like the pastor or whatever else, you know, maybe start looking for these opportunities for service and start asking these questions of, of how, is, how, is this church, how is the church serving the community uh, where where are sort of those evidences of the Holy Spirit, not just in sort of the 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 great worship service on Sunday mornings, which you know that's important too. It can mm-hmm. be important, but um, mm-hmm. how well balanced mm-hmm. are these other things? And if they're not there, have a talk with your pastor about how to get things started. 
that's mm-hmm. that would be my biggest recommendation. Yeah. I I don't want you to leave the church that you will that you yeah. like, but if you if you see the opportunity to grow the the ministry and the effectiveness of the church that you're you're not seeing currently, mm-hmm. there's there's a great opportunity for you to to get deep more involved within the church and and help to yeah. grow the church. So I lo- I love that you said that, David, because I don't think any of us are saying that. You know, if if you don't like some of the things that this church that you've been going to does leave or, you know, if you're looking at a church and you visit it for the first time and you don't like, you know, the style of preaching the pastor used or the, you know, whatever, you, you don't like these things that aren't really essential. Um, you're we're not saying don't go anymore, but I love that you said that because suddenly that's shaping this and we're we're buying into the consumer model of church to where suddenly, well, the church is about how it can serve me, not how I can be a part of serving it and being a part of the kingdom of God. And so it's like, yeah, by all means, if maybe the church that you go to children's ministry is lacking, um, they have a little bit, but it's not as good as it could be. I mean, step into that. Like, Talk about how can we make this better? How can I help out to assist in this? How can, and, you know, in turn, if that brings more people to the church, that's awesome. And if it doesn't, that's yeah. fine too. Um, like, but if you see an issue, don't, don't take that as an ex- excuse to just leave and find something better, but instead, yeah. how can we step in and find it? Because I don't think, I don't think any of us are talking about churches that are inherently doing bad things we would never advise you to go to those churches but we're talking about like an honestly good church mm-hmm. that has a good heart um but just needs help and how can you step in yeah. and help in those ways absolutely mm-hmm. i think like one of the things i mean I, i'm not a pastor currently but i've worked for a church and you guys are both pastors something that you will that may feel stressful but will never offend your pastor is telling them something that you think that you can do to help hundred percent. And even if it's calling out a hole, I'm sure your pastor already knows about it or he wants it like filled. And if, if you call it out to him, but you say, Hey, but this is something that I'm passionate about. Can you help me get something started? Mm-hmm. There's no way if your pastor's in his right mind that he's yeah, going to say exactly. No. <laughs> but if you come to him and you say, Hey, this is something that I need. Give it to me. Your pastor may not have the time or the money or the ability. Right. But it, I guarantee you, if you go to your pastor and you say, hey, this is something that I feel like our God's really been mm-hmm. calling me to do. Can you help me get this started? I would seriously like if your pastor says no, maybe that's a reason to leave. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would. I highly doubt that your pastor would say no. Yeah, mm-hmm. to to that. Yeah, and I think at, at the end of the day, when you're, you, I mean, this is, I I I've, I grew up in a pastor's home, um, and so like for my, and I'm a pastor now, so like for my whole life, sort of, I've been, been peeking behind the the curtain, you know, seeing how the sausage gets made. You know what I'm saying? And uh, is that the right idiom? I don't know. That it, yeah, yeah. you're good. I would have said hot dog, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, peeking behind the hot dog. <laughs> seeing out of the curtain <laughs> yeah yeah um but so like i've i've been you know in the middle of this and one of the things that we've i've never heard anybody in ministry complain about is 
somebody wanting to help. And mm-hmm. really, I think the the biggest point of emphasis whenever you come to a church is uh, looking around and saying, okay, where can where can my sort of my gifts be useful to this okay. body of believers? Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a cliche to think like, okay, don't, don't think about what the church can give you, but think about what you can give the church, you know, but mm. the reality is true. Um, you know, and going back to Acts chapter two, um, I, I'm actually, I, I'm studying that this week to, to preach on, on Sunday, but what we see from Acts two and the, those last few verses there, um, we see that the spirit led community of, of the church is always going to be others focused. It's never going to be focused on you. It's never going to be focused on the individual. It's always first and foremost going to be about looking outward to other people. And so when you're thinking about the church, uh, maybe the church you're at now or the the church that you're thinking about uh, making your church home, always think about, okay, how how is the Spirit leading me outward to to serve these people around me and how how can together all of us as the church serve anyone who has a need within our community? And so those are, those are my two cents about what's important about the church. And, you know, frankly, it has nothing to do with the, the worship style <laughs> in my book. Amen. So yeah. any last thoughts you guys want to add on to this conversation? I think you had a really good way yeah, to close think, it, David. I think you said it well. Great. Well then with that, we'll go ahead and, uh, We'll tie that this conversation up with a nice little bow. But we want to, as always, we want to hear from you guys too. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts on what you think is important within the church. What are some of the things that you look for uh, when you're looking uh, at a new church? Connect with us on social media. Let us know what you think, and uh, maybe we'll we'll come back and circle around to this conversation some other time again. But. Mm-hmm. But that'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we hope to see you all again next week. See ya. When it comes to choosing a local church, we can often get caught up in the superficial details. What's their style of worship? How do they dress? How does the pastor preach? But the reality is these things on their own cannot define a good church. Instead, we should define a church by its faithfulness to the mission of Christ, because that is what matters the most. Common Calling is a podcast by Cameron Bass, David Carter, and Parker Outman that exists to examine the world and our everyday lives in light of the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. We would love it if you could connect with us on social media at Common Calling or through our website, commoncalling.com, to join in with us on this conversation as well as others that we've had in the past. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Goodbye, friend. Mm